Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, we have so many people hopping into this space right now. It's so good to see you. And if you are listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world. And welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn more from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new way of innovation. Today's guest shows us how important it is to constantly be thinking about the future. Previously serving five years building Bloomberg Media Group's presence on digital platform platforms, he now serves as president of Time, where he has yet again been proactive in building the company's digital presence, while many others in the type of role wait to be reactionary. Time has been the first major media presence in the space, minting multiple NFTs on Super Rare that have generated millions of dollars, from collabing with people, to minting the first ever issue of Time Magazine as an NFT, to being an active community member in the space, constantly engaging on Twitter spaces. It is my pleasure to share the stage today with Keith Grossman. Keith, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. And I see that Farouk is in the stage. If you want to pull him up on, on this, we could do a three-way conversation. Definitely. You to you. No, definitely. I, I love okay. whenever Farouk is joined, so I'm going to get him up here. So, Keith, it's so good to have you. While I get him up here, I would love for you just to start by talking a little bit about your uh, start in the crypto and NFT space, maybe the fir- your first dabble into the space. Sure. So, um, first off, crazy. You know, I, I, I really appreciate you you inviting me to join this this conversation. I you know, prior to Bloomberg, uh, I spent almost my entire career at Wired and Ars Technica. Many people don't realize that. And back in 2013, uh, the editors of Wired came to me when I was the associate publisher of Wired and they said, uh, hey, there's this new thing called Bitcoin uh, and we want to mine it and do an article about it. But we need a computer. We need a computer to do it. And because I ran the business side, they said, could you fund us the computer? And so I went out and, uh, you know, we used T&E and we, we bought the computer. I think it was $4,600 back in uh, 2013. So a very expensive computer back then to mine Bitcoin. And, uh, I, you know, they started to do it and they wrote a whole entire article about it. Uh, and that was my first foray into the crypto space. And I've just always been fascinated with it. Um, but then you have to sort of combine what what crypto, you know, from the Bitcoin perspective uh, presents uh, with the fact that I was a government major in college. Mm-hmm. And I very much believe in sort of the demogra- like the democracy that crypto provides the decentralization aspects that it provides the uh you know the way in which it monitors itself provides but then with nfts and nfts are are a fascinating one to me i mean the real reason that time got into it is is not because we had some grand plan it's just because i'm just like this dorky jewish guy from new york city who loves crypto art business and when I saw the Nyan Cat sale happen back in March, 
I just, I, it just dawned on me that we could enter the space too. And like, it was just so easy to see how time could, could relate to it. Now, from that point, I mean, we've spent a lot of time focused on the one of ones, but I've spent a lot of time also making sure that it's not just about time's foray into NFTs. Um, like, I really wanted to make sure that if we're going to evolve this brand, which is under new ownership, by the way, under the ownership of Mark and Lynn Benioff, mm -hmm. that we were going to really be inclusive and innovative in how we think about it. And so that's why we uh, accept cryptocurrencies. We accept 32 different cryptocurrencies for digital subscriptions of time, which you can check out on time.com slash hodl. Um, uh, you know, we uh, did a deal with... Uh, grayscale very publicly where they paid us in Bitcoin and we hold Bitcoin on our balance sheets. Um, when we're looking for a CFO, I actually put that in the listing that the CFO had to be comfortable with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Um, we're on the cusp of announcing a deal where we will be paid in Ethereum and we'll hold Ethereum on our balance sheets um, uh, or Ether on our balance sheets. Um, and then, you know, the bigger play ultimately for me is, is how can I not look at just the one of ones as it relates to the NFTs and collectors, but how, how can I democratize it to provide real utility to our community? Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's something that to be honest, Farouk has been very involved in helping me think through mm -hmm. um, and others within the community have helped me think through. And that's why I also love being in these spaces because I constantly am seeing like, like, wow, like it, you know, I, you know, you talk about me and the cats, you know, I have tremendous respect for the apes. I have tremendous respect for the, you know, crypto punks. I have tremendous respect for so many of these communities because they're all doing really interesting, unique ways of adding value or utility to their members and then engaging with them in a way that traditional media brands have not. Mm -hmm. So is that a fair answer of like I love it. my yeah. youth up to today? <laughs> you did a great job at kind of giving yeah. us the whole the whole rundown from the very beginning of you know that minting that mining story. I thought that was really fascinating. So and I love that you kind of tied in your uh, your your history as a in uh, as a government major in college too because I think it is important. And I think like one thing that I was always uh, kind of skeptical of when I um, started learning about Bitcoin was that I thought it, it, the mainstream um, like notion of it being adopted massively uh, it just back in 2013-14 when you got Mt. Gox and all these, a lot of this crazy stuff happening in the space, everyone talks about it being bad actors and, and it just like, it didn't feel like it was going in, the, in that direction um, until like 2017-18 it really started to feel like, okay, wow like once we, once we got up to 20,000, you see major firms starting to come in, a lot more building happening. It seemed inevitable. So when was that point for you guys where you're like, you know what, this is a space that is never going away. Like we need to engage in this space and make sure that we're here for the long run. So, so for me, it, I have to divide it. If it's fair, I have to divide it into two answers. Okay. Uh -huh. um, for me personally, the moment where I decided, um, you know, like where you have that holy shit, I'm just never going to stop talking about Bitcoin or NFTs or anything transition. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. Right. And like the one thing about this community is we all love to talk about this stuff. And like, I think that that's super passionate. Like, you know, Farouk and I, 
And Farouk, come off speaker for one second. I want to ask you just to put you on the spot for a second. Um, <laughs> this is I, your like, show, how, No, 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 no. But like, how often do you just get like a FaceTime from me where I'm like, oh my God, have you seen what this person did in the NFT space? This is the most amazing thing. And you're like, no way, you have to see what this person did. And it's like, and then, and then we just Every hang day. up on each other. Then we just Every hang up day. on each other, right? Like, yeah. and it's like, and it's, and so like, like there's, there's so many different levels to, to, I would say my evolution in it. My evolution personally, right, where I put my money where my mouth is with my own personal wealth um, happened in uh, late August, early September of, of last year, where I looked at the world and I did not like what I was seeing mm -hmm. as it related to a few different macro trends. Mm -hmm. And those trends were... Um, you know, COVID was very, very real and uh, governments were spending a tremendous amount of money um, with uh, on short term solutions that were paying off like very little, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And this is the opinion of me, not right. the opinion of time, just so you know. Right. And I, and it wasn't just the United States. It was everywhere. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, my God. I've seen this story before. It does not end well. And I, and I thought to myself, I don't want any cash. And uh, uh, I literally took all the cash I was sitting on and I put it into uh, Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. Mm. And I, I did it because uh, I did not believe that the amount of money that was being printed could possibly not result in inflation at one point. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was like a very obvious thing. And you have to remember it was before the US election and we didn't know where it was gonna go. And so all of that uncertainty, I said, would I trust the wisdom of a decentralized uh, you know, structures such as Bitcoin and Ethereum? And with no backing, by the way, they've gotten so big that like, they can't really fail because if they fail, you're, there's no backing whatsoever. It's not like, you know, industries in the United States where the government jumps in. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's too many people believing in it. And that's when I started to personally really jump in, into it. Mm -hmm. When I saw the Beeple auction, uh, my famous words to somebody was pay attention to this mm -hmm. because it's probably going to go for four million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? an epic that amount was, of money. That, that was a, I was like, I was like, pay attention to this auction. This is going to go for four million dollars. And I started to call people um, and saying like time was going to do a drop of some sort. But then, as I started to do it, I met. Uh, I'd been connected with Guy Ossieri. And I don't know if you know him. He's he's a VC in the space. He's Madonna's manager and Ashton Kutcher's manager. And okay. and, um, and he Please. said to me, he said, let me do. That's what you get when you're in New York City, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, that wonderful background noise. Yeah, I right? love it. That's um, how you know you're right walking now. through. <laughs> totally, right? Um, so uh, so uh, he did for me and our CTO what I would call like a speed date, a speed dating night of two hours where he introduced me to all of the major sort of players within the space. And after doing that, I was like, you know what? Like for what we want to do, I really think John Crane and super rare is spot on. Mm -hmm. 
and and uh, and so we came up with a plan, and the plan was uh, that the first drop had to be a cover that was super recognizable, right, and really famous with time. And then the second aspect of it is it, it had to be part of a collection, right? So there had to be numerous ones. And then the third was was I wanted something unique for the drop. And that's why we chose Is God Dead, which was like one of the most famous covers, not in Times history, but in, in magazine history. Yeah. We chose Is Truth Dead. And then we also did Is Fiat Dead, mm-hmm. right? And, and that one we made specifically for the drop. And through that... Right. And and it was uh, Jin who who had hosted that room, you know, rest in peace. And he, he really was rest in peace. Wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. and he he uh, he introduced me ultimately to folks like Farouk and Amir and, and others that I like my I, I was like people were holding my hand and, and, and we had a lot of success on the Monday that I announced that we were going to do that drop. And I've said this publicly before, I had more texts from people. And there's this great Yahoo Finance article that Julia LaRoche wrote that said, time would uh, uh, be dropping NFTs, we'll be accepting cryptocurrencies in 30 days, we'll be accepting deals in Bitcoin within the next few months, and by September, we'll be using the technology to create community. Um, And I got more text messages from people in the media industry asking me if this was an April Fool's joke, okay? <laughs> and they're like, are you kidding? This is an April Fool's joke, excuse my language, right? Yeah. And, and I, didn't, I didn't respond to any of them. And, and then we had a very successful drop. We were very fortunate. And following that drop, everyone was like, how do I do this? And mm-hmm. I tried to explain to people that like, it's not like nobody cares about just a brand going into the space. Like people care about understanding what the brand's intentions are, mm-hmm. who the people are behind it. And what I found with Clubhouse and, and ultimately Spaces, which is where, you know, and I love Clubhouse, but like Spaces is where the NFT community has ultimately sort of evolved to. Um, I, you know, what I love about it is is it humanizes, you know, the people behind all of these movements. and. You know, what I love the most about the NFT community is like that someone like Farouk, who has zero artistic talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where's the where's the middle finger emoji? Right, right. Right. The yeah, there's still right. there's still someone, arti- artistic someone, talent in, in some of the things Farouk has done, right? He well, is an artist. Farouk has, Farouk has zero artistic talent, <laughs> but when he drops, when he drops, the community jumps. And, and supports him because he's such an important part of this community. And what I love about this community is, is that people make time for each other. And like, I'm literally looking in this crowd right now. I can see people like Khan and 4156 and Warhoddle and like Sarah Richardson, who's in every single room, right? Like, and, and I see her always participating and doing some great stuff. And I'm just going down the list of people who are listening. And you know what? Every single one of those people without knowing me has made time for me and I go back and if I can, I think I've never in my life seen a community like this. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and people who are not in it don't understand it, but the people who are in it, I will say like it is the most awesome fun I've had since I would say 2009, 2010 when I was at Wired screaming at the hilltops like a crazy person saying, 
technology is going to change the world. How do you not see this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, that's what's been insane about seeing your journey is you are you are revolutionary when it comes to believing in tech and seeing the power that it has. And you've shown that by, you know, you, you revitalize Bloomberg in a lot of ways in terms of their digital presence. And I'm just curious, when you're working um, at these places, is it like in order, like the NFT drop with Super Rare, do you have to sit in a boardroom and you're like, you have to try to convince other people or or is it just like you know what i'm gonna make these decisions and then they'll see you know they'll see what i mean uh how how's that whole process work out because it's not like you said like you you are very forward thinking and a lot of people that you probably uh have to work with in the corporate world don't get it and and aren't aren't understanding as quickly crazy so, so, have you seen have you seen his bio it says president comma time okay <laughs> <laughs> they I was going to add New Keith, York City Keith for president. Okay. No, um, no, listen, I, 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 um, I would say every instance has been totally different, right? So like, I'll give you a few examples. At Wired, um, you know, uh, in 2009, there were rumors that the iPad was going to come out, right? And uh, nobody knew what it was. And Scott Adich, who was the creative director at the time at Wired, came to Howard Mittman and I, and he said, guys, um, Apple's going to come out with just a large screen and we don't know anything about it, but we know that, that the biggest mistake in consumer behavior that people make is taking the previous methods in which they interacted with a medium and applying it to a new medium. And I fear that everyone's going to, when this tablet device comes out, recreate a magazine like a magazine exists, which is uh, two pieces of paper. And what I would like to propose is that we create an experience where every screen is a unique experience. Mm. And we partnered with Adobe and and used the Apple SDK. And um, and by the way, it, that was one of the most stressful experiences of my life. Like um, uh, because halfway through the partnership with Adobe, Steve Jobs came out and passed what's called Rule 3.3.1, which said there was no cross compilers allowed for the iPad. And we were building it in Flash, and we're just going to cross-compile it. And so overnight, we had to cancel it. And then Shantanu uh, over at Adobe said, well, I have an entire team that can code in Objective-C and in Coco based out of San Jose. And they rebuilt our entire app uh, for the iPad launch. Uh, and so like that was – and we launched it on May 27th or May 28th of 2010 when everyone else launched it on April 3rd. But we had 28,000 downloads that day, and it was just awesome. And it was so cool. And you know, Steve Jobs held it up as like a great example. But like that was that was very difficult because essentially I had an entire company that that said, "You guys can risk your entire careers if you want to." And to be quite honest, Howard and I at that time were like just these, like I would say, like like young, too cheap and executives in the grand scheme of things and they were willing to roll the dice on us and we just thought we were right and so we just pushed forward um at bloomberg it was really interesting uh we came out of what's called the new fronts one year and uh, we had what we thought was like a great new front and justin smith the ceo of bloomberg media challenged uh scott havens who's a great guy over there and and myself and a few others to be like how could you think completely different and blow the water out of what an experience is and it took us a few months but then what we realized was was you know what the news 
is being delivered faster on Twitter than it is anywhere else. And that Twitter is a modern day newswire. But the problem is, is that while Twitter has speed, it doesn't have verifiability, right? And what Bloomberg has is 2,400 journalists uh, throughout the world that we could literally overlay on top of Twitter and create what was initially called TikTok, but then became Quick Take, um, which was 24 hour, seven day a week, mobile social video news, yes. right? From a trustworthy source. And like that was the whole pitch, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, in both instances, it was just logic games. And in the case of Bloomberg, the pitch really went, we just went to Mike. And if you've ever seen the sort of scene in Gladiator where like it goes thumbs up, thumbs down, like we pitched it to him and he gave us a thumbs up and then we were just off to the races. So those were two totally different ones. When I was at Ars Technica and we built what was called the Ars Accelerator, which was an early data prediction tool um, uh, to see what articles would go viral before they ever went viral. And, uh, you know, like that, we just literally, like that came from like an epiphany moment on 65th and Central Park West. And then I challenged a guy named Robbie Sauerberg to figure out how we could do that with ours because there's, if you're familiar with ours Technica, and I assume a lot of people are uh, who are in this room or who listen, it's just the most amazing, brilliant writing. And Ken Fisher, their editor in chief, is an absolute genius. And we had no engineers whatsoever, but because ours hires from the community, a lot of the ours journalists were also engineers. And so the ours journalists <laughs> built the R's accelerator predictive algorithm. And what the algorithm realized was if an article on R's um, uh, has uh, 300 page views a minute consistently for an hour and a half, it had a 95% likelihood of exceeding 100,000 page views over the lifetime of the article. And so we went out to all of these advertisers and we sold it to them at a huge premium, realizing that they'd be able to reduce their ECPM based on the icing that they get when it exceeded 100,000 page views. Oh, wow. That nobody paid attention to until ours grew 85%. Right. And it yeah. all was like, <laughs> how do we do this on ours? Yeah. And, and like, we held it very tight and we were like, oh, it's this super tough algorithm. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and then like, like I, I slowly rolled it out to Wired and then I gave it over to the rest of Condé Nast, like I think about like a year and a half later, which, which was really funny. With, 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 um, crypto to be honest it was it was a quick conversation where when the nyan cat came out uh i was on i was talking to our owner mark benioff and our our editor-in-chief and ceo edward Felsenthal, and i said listen guys we can do this and they said what do you mean and i said do you understand why a cat with the body of a pop tart <laughs> farting a rainbow just went for six hundred thousand dollars and they're like no and i said let me run with this and they both just said okay yeah right and and that was it and and they trusted me and um this was this one's been really fun because a uh, i don't think that time is even out of what i would say is inning one of what we want to do within this space right like i think that we are like we are, we have been listening and observing and and absorbing and 
And like, I've just been asking everyone for advice and, and I've been getting great feedback on how to think about sort of the brand. Um, but this one's been really fun because it's the first time that I've been able to marry my personal passion of the crypto space with my professional responsibility mm -hmm. of, of how do I steer and think about the brand from a business perspective. I love it. And you're so involved in the community. I mean, it tells and you can tell just from the people in this room how involved in um, the, this community you are, which is a big reason. Like you said, there's, it's not like people can just jump in and be reactive to what they see, because if they don't get it, if they're not really truly engaged, they're not successful. And we've seen that with lots of celebrities. And I love that how you talked about the disruptive technology, because, you know, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me a lot back in the day of like Blockbuster and Hollywood video being so like pertinent in like watching movies and entertainment and now they're not around because of you know they they didn't stay with the times they didn't evolve and it's so important to evolve as a company uh in order to be successful otherwise otherwise these disruptive tech moments can can really affect the bottom line and take you out and you've constantly um shown to be on the right side of history when it comes to that so i'm curious in terms of nft and crypto because you're so involved with both just like maybe five to ten years because i agree that we're like in the the first inning i don't think i don't think we're anywhere near where this is going to take us i mean we're like in the days where the the first ipod maybe was just starting to come out the iphone isn't even close to being out yet you know so you know when, when you think about this technology blockchain and crypto and nfts what where do you where do you see this all heading five to ten years down the road or uh as close of a vision as you can get because i know sometimes it's like uh I, my mind is blown every day by things that are being created but as as best as you can tell where do you think this is heading so so okay there's no way i'm giving you an answer five years down the road because in the nft space like five years is the equivalent of like seventeen thousand years yeah i agree right? that's and impossible so, to know so, so it's it's absolutely impossible to guess um what i can tell you is is where i think uh we can look three to six months right and what i what i've always tried is is I've tried never to predict the future. All the only reason that that I've been lucky with 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 the bets that I talk about is is because all I try to do is is observe consumer trends and mm. where VCs are putting money, and then I see why are we not as a media company doing that right? And That's huge, though. A lot of time, like like a lot of people just want to do what what other people are doing and and it's it's hard and i use this analogy all the time but it's sort of like indiana jones and in the uh, last crusade where you go out onto the invisible bridge and you just have to be like trust me that that next step is there right and that i'm not gonna <laughs> fall um but and you know like and we highlight the successes but i would be remiss if i didn't say that for you know the four successes that i highlighted here i could i could probably spend 16 hours talking about all of my misses right and like, I think that that's really important is that, um, like, I don't just like, I, 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 uh, you know, like there's two ways of thinking about how to evolve companies, um, and brands in, in my opinion, one is, uh, you know, a cruise ship analogy where you take all of your resources and you put it in one direction. And one is a speedboat analogy where you send out like five or six different, uh, you know, smaller ships and you see which ones you know are successful and then you keep on supporting those and then you try to kill the ones that aren't um you know uh, so like i like i can spend infinite amount of time talking about failures if you want we could do a whole other show on that um but but you know like the one thing that i love about the nft technology 
um, and that you will see coming from time soon um, uh, is, is, you know, the relationship between consumers and media brands historically has been very, very analog. And if you think about it, right, like it's, you know, pay me and I'll give you access to everything and then I'll leave you alone mm -hmm. for, yeah. for 12 months and then I'll bug you 50 times over yeah. <laughs> and I'll ask you to pay me again, right? And you laugh, but like that's really what it is, whether yeah. it's in print or whether it's in digital. And I think that what NFTs provide, right? And I'm blanking on who who posted a really beautiful graph on this on Twitter a few weeks ago, but I know that Barack Cremo had retweeted it. Um, and, and it was a, um, it was sort of like an inverted pyramid of the value of, of communities versus the value of one-on-ones, you know, like, like take one-on-ones out. When you start to look at NFTs to provide community, um, you know, like I can, ultimately release NFTs that if they provide value to the consumer from a collectibles perspective and then can add additional utility to the consumer from an experience with the brand, I can move more towards a loyalty relationship mm -hmm. and a reward relationship and an incentive relationship and a gamified relationship over time that I, that I normally could not ever have in an analog world, and that—that's my intent, to be honest, with, uh, uh, with in the NFT space is, you know, uh, while I love the one of ones, and I'm going to always treat those like their art, and I'm going to respect the sort of inherent value in them, and I'm going to limit supply, and I've been very adamant that like we can't, you know, gimmick the one of ones or do anything to degrade the one of ones, and we'll probably build more utility and value into one of one ownership, like the black American express card has, mm -hmm. as it relates to our brand. Um, there is an element of the NFTs that, that fascinates me that I observed by being part of the cool cat community that I observed watching people, you know, with the apes that I observed watching what it means when like people have a crypto punk, even if it's a floor one, like for Oaks. Mm -hmm. Baroque, you like that one? I got that one, and I had to get that one in. That was. It's a good. It's a good one, but I gotta say. Go ahead, Baroque. <laughs> you got to You got to You got to rebut that real fast. It's 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 a really good one, but coming from a no punker, you know, I guess. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think Baroque isn't that like a top thousand punk too. It's a top ninety-nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. This interview wouldn't be Keith, right. Keith and I. Keith and this I, is why I wanted so to on stage. Yeah, just so you guys know, Keith and I talk shit to each other. I think twelve hours a day, and <laughs> yes. I, it's funny because one day I was I was on Facetime just cussing him out. My mother's like, Persian mom's like, who are you talking to like this? Oh, I'm like, nope, nothing. Just the president of time, and she goes, oh. I did not teach you like that. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> it's Hold my on. friend. Fairness, it's my friend. In fairness, I just want you to understand that, like, if you if you know about Farouk and my major debate about uh, bagels, uh, per se, um, I, you know, like, uh, I'm a major supporter of New York City bagels. Farouk likes Montreal Bialis, um, which he misinterprets as bagels. And one day I get a FaceTime and I'm in the middle of a meeting and Farouk's like, 
you need to pick up. And I'm like, this, I'm in the middle of a meeting. He's like, no, 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 you need to pick up. So I tell the meeting, can you hold on one second? <laughs> and I pick up the FaceTime and, and who is it? It's Farouk's mother yelling at me that New York City bagels are the worst. Okay. And that I don't know anything about New York City <laughs> oh, bagels. That did a fall. And, like, I can't her. and I'm like, I'm like, to the group, I'm like, can, can, I, I'll be, I'll be two more minutes, guys. Don't worry. Just give me two seconds. And then everyone's like, is everything okay? You looked like you were a little concerned that I couldn't, I didn't know how to explain to my meeting that I was like, no, you know buddy of mine in the NFT space's mother just chewed me out over New York City bagels over Montreal bagels but you know it's, and it's, funny. it's a whole it's a full circle from uh Farouk you know getting on you and then all of a sudden his mom is yelling at you too so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right we are gonna I know that you have a, a you have a meeting and are limited on time so we're gonna start community corner here in just a minute if you have a question for Keith go ahead and hit that request button I'll try and bring up as many people as we can so you have a chance to interact and ask him a question that has been on your mind. And while we're waiting, um, I'll ask one more question to you, Keith, before I bring up a few pe- people. But um, one thing that I think was awesome is that Time Magazine listed Coinbase and Digital Currency Group in their top 100 most influential companies for 2021. And I uh, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that um, I, w- I would love for the president of Time to give his idea of the trend that may happen, maybe not as a... Uh, you can talk from an individual point of view here, but in terms of foreseeing, you know, a lot of the amazing lists on time, do you foresee that in the next few years, they're going to be dominated by crypto uh, groups, organizations, also individual influencers in this space? I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you see time covering the, the space more. So, so um, you know, I, I love that you bring it up. And we also, you know, PayPal was credited too in that. And I know, you know, like PayPal's not uh, yes. in the same mm-hmm. vein as, as up, digital though. currency group, but like they are doing quite a bit in in it. And they released this great white paper um, with the World Economic Forum on on cryptocurrency regulation that I think will help will only help the space over time. Um, I mean, I posted this past week uh, a great article by Raisa Bruner that was written about like um, uh, artists like Nyla. And uh, and her long necky ladies and and Fiwo and and the great work he's done and other teens who are having a lot of success uh, in this space and and I really loved that piece because I thought that it, it highlighted it highlighted just the pure talent that these individuals have and the fact that um, that NFTs have have democratized access to communities for them to be able to make money. And to monetize their talent that that previously in the art world just did not exist. And you know, uh, Farouk, I mean, you could jump in at any point because you and I talk about this all the time. Which is, you know, like the beauty of a lot of these NFTs is, if you think about them as as if they're businesses, like this is the first time ever that you know it's been democratized that you can essentially get into a Series A, uh, so to speak, um, or uh, multiple drops if uh, if you look at them that way. Um, and to test them out. And, and I think that, you know, the piece on um, teens that I posted on, on, on Twitter and that, uh, that, you know, was on our site is, is a great piece. We have a, um, a joint venture with a company called Red Ventures, which was written up by the New York Times as the largest multi-billion dollar company that you've never heard of. Um, they own the points guy and, and, uh, and Healthline and Bankrate and others. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize about time is that brands like Fortune and Money were all born from the Time brand, 
right? Mm -hmm. Time was the seedling of origin of them. And so um, we directed a lot of traffic towards money.com and other sites when we were part of the larger Time Inc. and then Meredith purchase. When we became an independent organization, um, we, we launched what's called Next Advisor, which is a personal finance uh, joint venture that's list, that lives off of time.com. You can go to time.com slash Next Advisor and you could see it. And the editor of Next Advisor is Adam Oriyama, who is the former editor in chief of money. And I said to him back in March, I said, listen, I'm telling you that the biggest issue in the crypto space is education. That's it. Right. It's, it's like if I have to hear another person say that cryptocurrency is used for illegal activities, like I'm going to like barf and throw yeah. up in my mouth. Excuse <laughs> my language. Thank you. For the you're crowd. telling me, right? Like, you're telling me we're, not, we're not money laundering, Keith? this wasn't this wasn't no, the 101 like, on on how to do illegal stuff with crypto no right but it's it's, it's absolutely like it's actually crazy like my, my favorite tweet of the past week was somebody who said uh, uh worst job in 2022 is nft accountant right <laughs> um uh, and the second worst job would be feroke's nft accountant right so uh <laughs> um so so um no, but like, like, there's just so much miseducation in the space. And the way that I look at the crypto space is very simple. You know, people ask me all the time, is print dead? And, and print is going through two totally different evolutions, right? Like one is an advertising evolution, which has been accelerated in the digital space very fast. And then the other is a consumer evolution, which is actually much slower for magazines than people think, but is still on a decline. The only way that I can wrap my head around the print decline and really sort of um, thinking about like what is its future is, is this logic game, which is every day that a human being on this planet dies, like sorry to use like the most crude, crass sort of analogy, and every day a human being on this planet is born, um, they, a print reader is not replaced at a one-to-one -one ratio. Mm -hmm. And when I think about the crypto space, and by the way, I don't know what that ratio is. Nobody does, right? But I know that it's declining over time. Um, when I look at the crypto space, I say the exact opposite, which is every day that somebody is born uh, uh, and then somebody dies, um, somebody who feels comfortable with their life being 100% online, with uh, transacting digitally, with the idea of digital ownership, with what the value proposition of NFTs are, um, uh, grows at a higher percentage than the decline of people who die. And so like what I actually think is happening right now is a tremendous uh, demographic shift, psychographic shift, generational shift all at once. Like, and that's what makes this so exciting and so interesting to me. Um, and what time, just to bring it back to, to a few different things that you'd asked, what time did on the Red Ventures front is we went out and we very, very specifically on Next Advisor started to cover crypto and educate crypto um, to the users. And today, over 20% of uh, Next Advisor's traffic comes from people going to uh, read and understand crypto education, which to me is like a huge win. And, and it's been just like, a, and, and I love that. Um, when I spoke to Michael Sonnenschein over Grayscale, you know, the entire conversation really related around, you know, there are really three types of people who exist on the planet. There's like my nine, there's like my 70 something year old mother who's like, Keith, what's the Bitcoin, 
right? <laughs> What's the Ethereum? And like, you have to explain it to her. There's like my best friend who, uh, uh, you know, knows enough to be dangerous, but still questions it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then there's people like, like us who, like, you're in it and you have to, and you're like, okay, like I'm in Bitcoin, I'm in Ethereum, I understand Solana, trying to get Algorand, like, like explain to me, like, what's the value proposition of these altcoins, right? Like, I have no interest from Time's perspective to ever cover, you know, uh, shit coins, right? Like, mm-hmm. I never thought I'd yeah. say that publicly, my goodness. But, like, I do think that, you know, when you think about the Time brand, when you think about the Red Border, the goal of the Red Border is really to highlight impact, yes. right? Uh-huh. And and the reason that that uh, you know digital currency group, or the reason that you know uh, you know leadership brief highlighted Michael Saylor, or the reason that we do this stuff, is because this space is having impact on the world and is influencing people's behaviors, and as it continues to do that, it will naturally become an area that we will continue to cover. And so I can't predict how do lists change or how does editorial coverage change, but what I can predict very easily is is that the more that this becomes impactful and core to people's lives, the more coverage it will get within the, the red border. Yeah, you know what, I have to say this, we like the Keith. Because it's amazing to have someone in the space like you that's just constantly thinking, forward thinking, and um, that's in places where you know this can be highlighted in the the way that you say the the way that it agitates you when people talk about it being for bad activity and stuff like that. It's just like it's uh, they just are, they're not taking time. They're reading headlines. They're not taking time to really learn about the space. So I thank you for uh, being so revolutionary and being someone that's uh, in in a. a, a position where you can can help others kind of see the light so thank you so much do you have time for a few questions yeah 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 and by the way can i just just quickly because i see that chris is in the audience yeah creator of nyan cat yeah he, you've been um, talking I about sure if he, i wasn't sure if he heard it in the beginning but chris right like it's your fault uh and others but really your fault that that like it, it dawned on me how i could take my personal passion and and bring it into uh, my professional responsibilities. And so I just want to say thank you. And, you know, crazy, because I'm not going to call you crazy, Carl, because that brings back hauntings <laughs> of my childhood. But crazy, like, let me tell you, like, uh, like, honestly, all I am is a sponge. And like, every day, I'm learning something new and different about how to think about sort of what the potential is. And like, you know, down the road, right, like, what is the potential for DAO structures in the media yeah. space? Down the road, what is the potential for social tokens within the media space? Like all this stuff, I don't know, right? But I can tell you that in some of my conversations with a lot of people that are in the crowd here, they've given me a lot, a lot to think about. And so like for me, all I am, right? And like all I hope to be is I hope to be somebody in a role that can use a brand that has a tremendous amount of validation um, and legacy to to continue to validate a space that I genuinely believe in, and that I hope, you know, you know, uh, continues to, um, you know, as it grows, I hope that this community stays as I would say constructive and positive, and and helpful as it has, you know, in the 19 months since like I joined it really in March of this year. Yeah. 
Amen. I think that's that's amazing. And the the message of just learning, constantly learning. I feel like since I've been in, in the crypto space since late 2017, my wife would tell you that I'm constantly, <laughs> but back then it was ICOs and white papers and stuff like this. But it, I just, once you get kind of down that rabbit hole, it is, you just, you, you, the people in this space that are here for the long haul love learning and we love building. And so it's amazing to have you in the space. All right, we're going to turn. Yeah, and there's so many people that have questions. We're not going to have time for everyone. Thank you for everyone that hit that request button. I'm going to start bringing people up. Um, but it's time to start Community Corner. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. And I got to start with my favorite cool cat, Farouk. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you. You don't I'm... get a question, Farouk. I speak to you every day. <laughs> I, I have a question, but those are questions that I think are going to... Uh, this one question I think is really going to help the audience. But okay. first, I have a question. For, one qu- quick question for the community is, when front cover of Time Magazine for the Cool Cats, Keith? I don't know. No, no, no. I I, I had I had this crazy I had a crazy idea and I'll float it out here. And I was talking, you know, like you look at the um uh you know when you go to to airports or to bookstores or you or to supermarkets, uh there are bookazines uh and they're they're really just incredible, like they're they they're like they go more in depth, they're more beautiful. Um they're very expensive to do. I was going to actually float by you later. And so we'll just have this conversation quickly now. The idea of, uh, you know, like we could technically create a cool cats bookazine. The problem is uh, that that'd be by time. You know, I can do it for the apes too. I can do it. Right. The problem is, is that I like, I need to be able to figure out how to cover costs of it. And I was curious if you thought that there was a way that if we created a party bid system, to create one where every person who bid would then receive a digital copy of it and a physical copy of it if there was a way that we could implement it knowing like like if how could you bring kickstarter to the nft space was my question to you that i was going to ask you later so so keep that in mind yeah that's a good one i guess we'll chat about it but my more my more my more like important question was you know you've clearly seen a lot of trends you've been early in a lot you know you're 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 a leader in in the physical verse of a very, very big company with a lot of employees, hundreds of them. You know, I think my question that could kind of help the, the audience here is how do you manage to just relax sometimes, take a step back, not fall into FOMO and understand that you're here playing the long game? Because mm. we've had this conversation a lot, but I think it's important in a time like this for people to just understand that like this space is not going anywhere. And to hear it from someone like you, I think it would help a lot. Yeah, great question. I mean, well, so I don't relax, you know that, right? So like, if you wanted like the bad life, which would be the opposite of Farouk's entire good life franchise, uh, like you would have, like I could have like Rawholic 101 on me, but but what I can tell you is, uh, like, this is this is not a fad. This is 100% the trend, and you know, uh, everyone who focuses on just the collectible asset of it is missing the much larger utility aspect of it. NFTs will work its way into every aspect of organizations over the coming years. They will work themselves into things as as random as real estate deeds, and they will work themselves into 
the ticketing system for the entire sports entertainment industry. They will work themselves into, uh, you know, media engagements and, and you know, uh, communities. Um, uh, they will work themselves into, uh, you know, uh, resumes uh, and how people can guarantee that they have, uh, you know, taken certain courses from certain institutions um, and validated themselves. Like when you look at the pure technology of what's going on, you and you look at it against the backdrop of how society is changing, right? I think like, and I, I said this to you a few weeks ago, like 1993 forward, people realized they could put them stuff online, right? 2007 forward, they realized they could put their identities online, but as renters, right? And all of these companies, including Twitter and, and others who are great companies, but they're making all their money off of our data. Right. And then 2010 comes around, people start to realize with 3D printers that that, you know, at twenty five hundred dollars or less, you could start to take things offline. And the future for that is really interesting as it catches up over time. But then all of a sudden, 2018 comes around, 2019, 20, and you have the pandemic and people realize, wait a minute, my entire life is online. Why do I want to be a renter? I want to own. Right. And I think that that shift, plus the fact that the technology is so utterly powerful and expansive is why this is the long game. It's a trend, not a fad. And I firmly believe that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great question. The great question and great answer. And I think it is, it is important to think about like personal work-life balance. It is uh, something that I talked a lot about with my show uh, last, last uh, two days ago with Tropo Farmer. So it is, it is, it's the space that constantly is moving and it is uh, easy to get sucked in. So I appreciated that question too, to kind of, kind of think about that, but it is, it's hard to do that because it's constantly evolving. I brought up uh, Tommy Tutone. He's um, a, a, a listener from the beginning of my show. And I always talk about how, as I get more and more big guests, I appreciate people that actually have been fans of this community for since the beginning when I only had a few hundred followers. So I always bring them up on stage because like you said, it's all about community. So Tommy, what's going on? Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Keith? Uh, Hi, Tommy. Good to be up here. Um, following up on Farouk's question, when, when Gutter Cat Gang cover of Time Magazine? <laughs> <laughs> no, I will, I will say all the same. Listen, it's very funny, right? Like the the most exhausting aspect is there's so many great communities, right? And mm -hmm. it's like, uh, like for me, the, what resonated with me with cool cats, uh, was, was, uh, like, I just like, I just liked everything about what they stood for and how they aligned with the brand and, and with me and it's optimistic and it's positive and it's, and it's like, it's, it's a really nice, sweet discord, but like, like gutter cats, same thing, right? Apes, same thing, right? Like, I think that all the communities are, are awesome. Uh, if I could figure out this this Kickstarter thing, uh, I would gladly do 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 the same thing for Gutter Cats, as I said. But I just this was an idea that I wanted to float by Farouk later, so uh, I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a absolutely. it's a genius idea too, to, uh, with the way you're thinking about it. And I think like getting people involved in like a group funding kind of deal would be amazing as well, just to kind of build that community before, like during the launch and and prior to actually the 
the, like the token that exists and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm really, uh, if you ever like loop me into, I'd love to be a part of that because I, that, that gets me really, uh, jazzed up. Um, all right. We have a question. I've got four, one, five, six on the stage and I just want to give a huge shout out to him because, um, I've been a huge fan of yours for one, five, six, and this is your first time in the show. And I saw that you just followed as well. So that, I mean, you just made my day. So I really appreciate you, but go ahead. You're, you're, uh, you're up with Keith. Go ahead. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, re- really enjoying the show. Um, hey, hey, Keith, how are you? It's good to hear you again. By the way, just in full disclosure, four one five six has been amazing to me as an advisor behind the scenes, and he's given me a lot to think about. And I think that a lot of the stuff that you'll see rolling out from time in the coming months, um, you'll see influence that came from four one five six. So. How are you, my friend? Cheers. That's great to hear. Yeah, I'm I'm great. Thank you. So I I had a question for you, which which is like, you know, one of the things that I struggle with the most, and I think maybe like you're in a position where um, you kind of have have a unique perspective on 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 questions around like regulatory uncertainty, right? Because I think for a mm-hmm. lot of us that have been in in the sorry, for for a lot of us that that are kind of crypto natives um, and, and are really not, you know, we don't have any kind of like proximity to the world of, of you know, boards of, of major, you know, public corporations or 200 year old corporations, or, you know, we're, we're not in the seats like next to the regulators in, in, in New York City. Um, you know, I, I think for us, it, you know, it, it, we have a very different um, perspective on, on regulation and, and questions around regulatory uncertainty. So just, just curious. To see, like, how, how do you think about that? Because, you know, even for example, uh, fractionalizing a, a cool cat or you know a time cover of a cool cat, you know, it, it, there's there's a, a reasonable argument that a fractionalized uh, asset like that is, is a security. So, how do you think about um, both like personal and, and kind of corporate risk of operating in the space, but then also the question of like how, how do we convince the regulators that that what we're doing here is is worthwhile and valuable. Yeah, I, I first off, it's, it's that is an amazing question, and you know, I have the benefit of being a private company, right? So I can do things that that um, public companies can't, per se, as it relates to um, you know how I think and evolve in the space. But you know, when you do get to the fractionalization aspect of of um, uh, ownership of, let's say, if I put out a time cover and fractionalize it, because I was I was exploring it and, and thinking about it. Um, it, it, like that area is just too gray for us at this point to be able to go down. And um, I, I I want there to be more regulation, which is why I was very happy with the WEF paper that just came out that I had referenced um, earlier, um, because then it provides more clarity. My concern though, is that like, this is not an easy space, right? Like for somebody to understand. Um, and I think we saw it when, you know, uh, Zuckerberg and Dorsey and others were in front of Congress and they were being asked, how do you make money? Right. And it's like, whoa, like, uh, like if that's the question that's being asked, like, uh, like there's just no way somebody's gonna understand, you know, this world. This world is 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 wild. Um, uh, on NFTs, it was very interesting. You know, like I thought that I would have more 
of an issue. But then when I sat down with our chief legal officer uh, and we, we walked through it, the biggest issue that she found was she didn't understand what a smart contract was at first because the language is off. And I kept on going back, it's not a contract like you think, it's the code. And you know, she got very comfortable very quickly with, with that, uh, that behavior. But um, I, you know, I, I think that the, I think that we all have to get comfortable with the fact that there will be regulation of some sort, that, but that regulation will provide more clarity. And with more clarity, there will be more ability to innovate and to push further and to do more. Um, I don't know how to think about fractionalization though right now. Like I think it's absolutely brilliant uh, on one level, um, but I, I can't take time there just yet. And so like, I feel like that's one of those areas where I feel like I've been, like I might've found my limitation, if that's fair, um, uh, for where I can go. Yeah, I mean, I think like as you evolve too in the space, right, you're constantly thinking about how you can make it work in uh, in the position that you're in too. And so I think that's that's super fair. Um, thanks thanks uh, for that question, 24156. I think that's something that I think a lot about too. All right, um, Keith, this is reminding me of the show I had with Farouk where we had a plan for like 45 minutes to an hour and then we ended up on this call for like hours. Um, <laughs> but I know you have a day of very important day job so um yes. so I, I i can do i can do one i can do one more question i just texted my group i said i'm running five minutes so i have one last question if you want and then we're good and then thank by the way crazy thank you for for the time and you know thank you for you know uh uh you know uh, inviting me to speak and and thank you to this room right like i just see so many of you that 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 i i know and respect and it's awesome so uh I hope it's been fun, but I, I, I can do one more if you want, and then we yeah. can call it a day. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to bring up Dr. Aditi. I saw her. Uh, no, and... no, no, not Dr. Aditi. No. Not Dr. Aditi. Oh, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Sorry. How are you? Aditi, how are you? Oh. Oh, oh, you can bring her up. She's oh, amazing. I I'm sorry. She's I'm so, wonderful. Oh, my God. Oh. She's so good. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I thought, I thought no, you... bring her back up. Bring her back all up. All right. All right. She's wonderful. Where did she go? Where did she go? I don't know where she went oh, now. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I may have ruined... I, Dr. Oh, no. Aditi is going to hate me now. I thought... You have you, to tell her to come back. I will. I will... Uh, I'll invite her back up here. <laughs> oh, this is... I should have never agreed to one last question. This, this, <laughs> oh, this, is, this, turned fa this turned fast in the wrong direction really quickly. Uh, you, no. By the way, you, you, you kicked off a huge doctor, too. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. This is, this I said... Crazy. I know, but I thought maybe he did... I thought maybe you, there was something in the background where I was like, she, that he didn't want to have a question asked by her i'll no, see if i can wonderful i'll, I'll see if amazing. i can get her back up uh but she is okay. she's not in here now so let me, uh, <laughs> wow you kicked her out of the room <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i accidentally kicked her out of the room or what what i did i'm trying to go back and see now uh let me go and can i can i can i just point one thing out go ahead this is the first time i've ever been on twitter spaces for an hour where it hasn't crashed Yes, I think that is amazing. That is like an amazing, amazing moment. So, <laughs> all right, Farouk, if you can uh, invite her back in here, I'm trying to find her. She doesn't follow me, so I'm having trouble no, finding I think, her. I think, I think, 
I think you kicked her out of the room as a whole. I did, but I I just I just switched it. I think I did, but then I I just fixed it and I allowed I I put back that she can come back. So so get her back in here, please, because now I I feel like uh, I I saw her in there and I was like, oh, I'd love to hear from her. But then you said don't ask. I thought maybe that she had she that you didn't have good blood with her or something. I didn't know. Oh, she's back. So bring her in. She's back. I see. There she is. Oh my. Okay, and I want to uh, now. I need to publicly apologize to dr <laughs> i'm so i'm so sorry i thought that for some reason keith really didn't want you up here and i wanted to respect that so i apologize <laughs> go ahead doctor hi keith how are you it's good to hear I, your voice hi Farouk. um my question is very broad keith thank you um thank you so much for bringing me up um so you know, you mentioned, I'm very intrigued about the NFT space. I've seen you and Farouk do so much in this world, and you guys are real pioneers. How do you think it's going to play out for other broader facets of life? You made a comment about it, so I'm asking more about, you know, broadly media, health, um, like all the areas that you are thinking about and that time is potentially involved in. I would love your futuristic thoughts. I mean, I, like I said, I can only predict three months in the NFT space because that's the equivalent of five years in the real world. Um, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised in the health space where you are if there were a few things that you saw come about that, that uh, were really interesting. I, I think health records uh, are very easy from a uh, evolution into uh, the NFT space, right? Like to quickly verify you know, uh, a, a industry that's really challenged, right? I think the insurance industry could benefit from NFTs uh, and using them as, as reference for people. Um, I think uh, I had a meeting with a company named um, Alethea that did, uh, you know, um, uh, AI NFTs. And uh, they brought to life our first cover and had John Cannon talking to me. And I thought that, that was absolutely fascinating. And I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you started to see brands the way that you have voice bots have NFT bots, uh, you know, where you can have an NFT in your wallet that when you have a question about a brand or you have a question about, uh, you know, how to solve a problem that the NFT bot would know your entire history and could actually be able to solve that for you or, or be able to help you. Um, I think that that's really like two areas where I think could be very fascinating where they could move out. But like, you should check out this company, Aletheia, A-L-E-T-H-I-A. Absolutely, like it blew my mind when I saw um, how quick they were able to uh, ingest uh, all of John Cannon's information, who is the individual from the first cover, and turn it into you know a fully interactive experience. I found it fascinating and it changed my perspective you know, customer service and support could potentially be in the space, um, if that's helpful. Thank you. I totally will. This is fascinating. Thanks, guys. Thank you, doctor, for coming on stage. I apologize again for uh, for accidentally kicking you off stage. It's that, all good. So it's all good. <laughs> I really appreciate you uh, finding the show today too. Thank you so much. All right, Keith, this has been such a fun hour, and I really appreciate you taking some time, a little extra time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up. If you have to run, though, I, I will. Uh, I'll, you can go ahead and run, but make sure, guys, to follow Keith. Crazy He's going to constantly put updates. 
Yeah, I think I think you know what I knew. I called out the Chris. I called out the spaces crash. <laughs> Can you hear me okay, uh, or am I still? You broke out for thirty. You broke up for thirty seconds. Oh wow. Okay. I was just saying. I was uh, so appreciative of you, Keith. I know you had to run, so I didn't know if you had any last words before you you headed out. Uh, I, I guess my my last words uh, will be what Farouk starts every day with, which is it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Oh, amazing. And, uh, I hope, I hope everyone has a great one. I hope that this was fun. I hope I made you laugh at times with my bad jokes. Uh, and, you know, more than anything else, thank you to everyone who, you know, has been in the audience or has given me advice or support uh, and has supported time. You know, thank you all tremendously. Like it, it means the world to me as, as I'm experimenting with where we could take this brand uh, you know, your support just, just really means the world. So thank you so much uh, for taking time. I hope you all have a wonderful time. day. And thank you so much, Crazy. Have a great one. And Farouk, I'll speak to you in 20 minutes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, look out Love for that too. FaceTime. All right, guys. <laughs> this has been such a fun time. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.